Daisha D. And welcome back to In Retrospect Podcast, where we look beyond the surface to find understanding. Bring you laughs, knowledge, and culture. So sit back, relax, and join the convo. Welcome, welcome, welcome. As you guys can see, we are joined by two very esteemed guests that we have on today. Uh, our show's focus today is going to be primarily focused around home affordability, as well as some tips that folks should have when it comes to the home buying process. My name is LaShawn Wharton, of course. And um, let's see, I've been in real estate since 2007. Um, I can say I'm part of a lot of committees as far as with the real estate um, um, organization. My thing for getting in real estate is really like to help a lot of people as far as those little things that we assume that they know. Because me, when I first bought my house, I thought I knew a thing or two until after I got in real estate, I was like, oh, <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, it's just those little things that really make a difference. And I just like to see everybody succeed. So real estate, of course, make make a um, a good living. But at the same time, it's like just educating and helping a lot of people, which is the big win for me. So especially now with, you know, with, you know, the housing market has changed. Like I said, I've been in it since 2007. So when it first took that big dip, you know, mm -hmm. but right now being in it and seeing the way it is, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a big difference, you know, just looking at how housing is not as affordable for a lot of people right now. There's ways around it, but you know, it's just like, you got to work for it right now. Uh, Greg Logan, Greg Logan, uh, um, I serve as the housing executive fellow with the Charleston Metro Chamber of Commerce. Um, in addition to, I'm a commissioner for the North Charleston Housing Authority. Um, and then I serve on the Charleston County Housing Steering Committee. So um, I've been, you know, really grassroots organizing is how I got into kind of this housing market. Um, originally did a lot of work, met these great people through Metanoia, um, connected with the Shakur community and just naturally uh, grew to advocate for that community. And we know housing is a huge issue um, right there in the Shakur area. So I've uh, been excited to be on this journey. Um, my really focus right now is the Regional Housing Coalition. And so we're looking at how can we connect the Tri-County area here, which is Charleston, Dorchester, and Berkeley County to tackle some of the affordable housing issues um, in our area. Charleston is a very desirable market, which also feeds into the fact why it's so expensive to purchase a home here. So uh, excited to be here with y'all. And we greatly appreciate you guys joining us today. Uh, like I said, we have a wealth of knowledge that has joined the show today. So if you want to challenge them, you may challenge them at your own risk. I uh, don't, I would advise for you to challenge anyone that is joining the show today because you will learn a thing or two and that is for sure. Uh, so pushing forward, of course, like, you know, LaShawn mentioned moments ago, uh, the housing market is in, in flux, of course. And I know the main question a lot of folks would ask is, when is the best time to buy a home? Um, the best time to buy a home was last year. It was the year before that. The longer you wait, the more you're going to find out that the best time was the year before that. It's always, it's always, it could be the interest rate or, you know, high, low. It's always pros and cons to re regardless of what market it is, buy your market or sell it market. But the longer we wait, the more, you know, even right now, how the market has slowed down a little bit, the houses, the prices in Charleston area, they're still creeping up. They haven't stopped, you know, so like in 2007, they dropped. 
they dropped. I mean, they they you were getting houses for like seventy five thousand, three bedroom, two bath. You see what I'm saying? It's never going back there. You see what I'm saying? But a lot of people just don't understand. Like right now, because it's still a high demand, and a lot of buyers are sitting there waiting on the interest rate to drop. You know, to make so they can afford to buy the house. That all of a sudden you're gonna have a big bum rush again. <laughs> and I don't think they don't. I don't think that the government even know what to do with that right now because they know that that's, that's what's gonna happen. But it it really is like if you can buy now, I just I advise people to get do whatever they need to do to get themselves together and to buy their home now. Do not wait. I mean, if you bought your house later on, look at how much um 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 equity a lot of people has in their house. Like they're equity rich, they're house rich. Like they have so much house, so much money in their house now. It's ridiculous. But that's what a lot of us could have been doing. But no, what you want to do? You want to yeah. pay the landlord, yeah. <laughs> and you want to make him equity rich. <laughs> and while you're doing that, he's uh, increasing uh, the rent, and then at the same time, not even you know maintaining the house properly, not, not maintaining the rental property property. You see, now he's not even investing back into his property. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it, we need to become homeowners, like, now. I, I was going to say, it's, sometimes it feels defeating, mm -hmm. I guess, to even look at houses just to browse and see what's available because everything is so expensive, like, regardless of what the houses look like, they're expensive. And so it's hard to even get to a place where you can save for a home to begin with. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like just the cycle of, well, it's cheaper to stay and pay rent at an apartment than it is to buy a house. Like, how can you even get to that point where you're able to save for a home? Honestly, it's dependent on when you go to a lender, he would pretty much qualify you on that because it depends on your debt to income ratio, how much money you earn. You know, everybody's qualified yeah, on credit score. Yeah, yeah. the credit score, like all that makes a difference. So what worked for somebody may not work for you. So that's why I always send people to the lenders, to the loan officers, because at the same time, I don't want to tell people, yeah, you qualify for this. And the next thing you know, they don't got an email about some new program they didn't even get a chance to notify us about and now done disqualified you. Yeah. You see what I'm yeah. saying? So the lenders, they look at everything, even like the ones I work with, they'll look at everything and they'll tell you exactly what you need to do to get qualified. You don't even have to pay for somebody to repair your credit unless you just don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think too, just to tap in on that, uh, LaShawn brings some good points and Daisha, I think you asked a really good question. Um, but I always encourage people to a connect with the realtor, but then also just do a bit of your homework. Right. Um, there are tons of opportunity out there, um, with some awesome and, and great programs that, um, will really kind of boost your effort for getting into a house, right? There are a lot of banks right now, uh, their Community Reinvestment Act, every bank has one. And so a lot of those programs are focused on how can we get people into houses? And typically um, they're focused in on kind of that workforce market area. So that's people who might be earning anywhere from 60 to 120% of AMI. And AMI is the area medium income. And so if we look at like the area medium income in Charleston County right now, I think is right at about $70,000. And there are banks out there that say, if you make less than $70,000, 
Uh, we will 100% finance your home. We will give you a down payment assistance. Like they are pretty much rolling you into the house. So, you know, between that connecting with your realtor and allowing them to kind of navigate you into programs that they know, uh, there are a lot of different options out there. You know, like people think buying a house is just this massive, you know, task that you have to face. But I always say, like, there are some really great programs out there that will help support people. Another great program um, that I've heard about beyond that is like connecting. I know here, like with Beyond Banks, um, which are like, uh, credit unions um and it's the one that i cannot think about it's a national program started by make of america LaShawn, help me out um, um <laughs> oh guys it'll come I, i'll think about it and i'll come back to it but it's a really good program the ami uh you said average median income that's what it was area medium income area, yeah. is that something that's easy to access for wh wherever you live like is there a site that we could go to to figure that out because i'm not in charleston i'm in atlanta yeah and i know it's yeah. probably this is disrespectful so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you can um go to hud right um mm -hmm. hud.gov and um you can type in your location your zip code and for your zip code it will give you that area medium income for your zip code and that's something hud is a federal site so it regulates all across the united states but that's an easy way to find out what that area medium income is um in any location that you're in okay Ryan, why become, i'm just curious to know real quick i know uh we did hit on it a little bit why have we become so conditioned just to you know thinking oh i i just can pay my rent i'll be fine i don't need a house uh it's not as much responsibility i'm fine where i'm at but like LaShawn just mentioned moments ago she said Every year you wait, the more muddle, the more best way I would say this is the more muddy the waters get. Right. That part. Yeah. I mean, Justin, I think like that's a good question, but I think like a lot of it is just a fear tactic, right? It's like I'm scared to even take the first step, which is to find out what do I need to qualify for a mortgage. Um, and a lot of that also may go back into um if you have never you know, like how we were raised, right? If if our parents never owned a home, um, that could play into it, you know. Um, and then just thinking like with home ownership, you know, the idea that if anything happens to your house, it's on you, right? Which is very true. Um, but again, that's not the end all be all. So I think like uh, it, it could be a lot of factors. People may be scared of credit right and they may know like i got some credit card that i got some different things here and there that i need to work on but like Lashawn said the the best time to buy a house is previously right <laughs> anytime before um but taking those first steps i think um it's just important to find out like what that is i was one of them people that i was like yeah i want to do this but i'm like i just was afraid you know but then I had to take those steps to figure out, okay, this is the credit score I need. This is what debt to income ratio is. Identifying how um, debt to income ratio plays out, but beyond debt to income ratio, um, I think like just your credit report, like what's on your credit report, you know? Um, and it's always good to kind of have those things in the back of your mind, but I always say like, take that first step, um, it's a lot of programs out there, too, that'll walk you through this this stuff for free. You know, even if you don't want to reach out to a realtor, which is a great idea, um, there are a lot of home buying classes out there. 
that will walk you through that process to more than anything allow you to be knowledgeable about that process of buying a home with the debt to income ratio are they always going to take into account student loans (laughs) (laughs) well we want to hope not but right right about now yeah yeah we you know we we can say what it's going to be but you don't want to plan people for what it's going to be until it actually is mm-hmm. so um unfortunately yeah and that's one of the things I, I was saying like a lot of people would probably rethink their career choice if they knew when they got out of college that they now cannot become a homeowner mm-hmm. you know that's why they're not given too much education about this in school too because <laughs> I'm pretty sure a lot of people would rethink that because it's kind of sad how many people come and want to buy and can't because of that. You know, but you got I a lot of people. On that just a little bit. So you're saying that student loans per se are is going to hold people back. So what amount exactly would be like, say, for instance, let's start with an example of maybe a hundred thousand dollars in debt student loan. If you got that right. And I know we did talk about, you know, the the that versus what you're actually bringing in. Uh, and you're saying that's going to affect basically whether you're going to be able to qualify for that home. Right. It's because your debt It's depending on how much debt you have, how much you bring mm-hmm. it in and how much you're actually paying. That okay. makes a difference on how much you now have to pay a mortgage. Right. And so and that's what they're basing that on. Right. You and you know, the student loans are a lot. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, okay. So any big bill, any, any more, any, any, uh, car, large car payment, any of that. You know, that's why they tell people, you know, don't don't buy anything, don't purchase anything, you know, during the whole process, because then it changes your debt to income ratio. And a lot of people get qualified just barely sometimes. Mm-hmm. So when they make that move, then the next thing you know, of course, they're going to check everything again, like that last day or two of closing. And the mm-hmm. next thing you know, you know, you don't put all that money in. Now you can't close, you know, so and yeah. you still have people doing it. They go buy a car, you know, that just yeah um yeah i don't know because <laughs> oh, well, a lot i have a lot of questions going through my mind but if you were to provide like a snapshot cheat sheet of like these are the three to five steps that you need to take if you're a first time uh home buyer before you even start looking at houses like what would those steps be the i say the main one is that credit like to get in front of a loan officer, because it's different when you get in front of a credit repair person. Um, of course, they help repair your credit, but everything does not need to be paid off when it comes to buying a house. Because a lot of times people pay stuff off and it drop their score down. So that lender would actually, the loan officer would actually look at everything and he would tell you, okay, this is what you need to do. Don't touch this and you know, do this and do that. It's, it's really on a case by case basis. But the first thing you must do is get in front of a mortgage loan officer, mortgage broker, and let them look at your credit report. If now if that mortgage broker is not willing to help you and he want to send you to a credit repair person, go to somebody else. And that's not who you want to use because you want to use somebody that's going to work with you because a lot of them do. But if they only want to work with you when you qualify, that's not who you want to work with. Just plain and simple. So. That's first step. Go to them and because then that that way they let you know, okay, if you do this, you'd be ready in six months. And if you do that, then you'd be qualified for a house at 350 or no more than 300. Then you can start looking and see if it's even worth it. You know, okay, this is what houses at 300, 350. But it helps prepare you. Mm-hmm. But 
is that's number one. Cause then, and then after that, it's just, once you get that, you, cause once you go through him and do everything, what you say, then you, of course you pre-qualified and then you're pre-approved once you actually send the documents and you can't put an offer on a house till you actually have a pre-approval letter to, so that everything is confirmed that it is what it is. Yeah. I wanted to, if it's okay, jump back to one of the things that I think LaShawn started out with was kind of, you know, how did the market kind of get where it's at? Well, she was talking about, you know, where the market is and you asked Justin, when's the best time to buy it? But I think like it's a good idea for people to really understand how we got to where we are now. And LaShawn mentioned, you know, back in 2007 when prices dropped and everybody was snatching up homes for $75,000. Of course, we were in a recession then, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And that created an opportunity for that to happen. Uh, But as we came out of that recession um, and people continued to buy homes, um, home builders were not building homes at the rate that people were buying right and so now you go into this phase to where there are there's a supply and demand issue you're having the supply which is high um but the demand is not out there right and um that continued that trajectory continued and i think right now across the united states nationally we're about five million homes short um and i know and i always talk about charleston county but that's why i do a lot of my research but um you know, Charleston's so unique because even when the national uh, the national rates or uh, for homes may go left, Charleston's going to go right because Charleston's a desirable location. Um, during the pandemic, people from the north and people from the west flocked to Charleston and to southern states. Um, a lot of them had those remote jobs. So they came in, they were able to purchase homes, cash offer or higher than the asking price. Um, And it left, you know, those people who should be able to buy those kind of middle-class houses, it left them in a frenzy. Um, And so like now with the the state that we're in right now within our area, and I think this this also reflects kind of national um, numbers as well, is that because there there is a, a shortage of housing, there's a competition for whatever housing is available. And this not only applies to housing, but that applies to the rental market as well. So if you have a person who would be looking for a luxury home and they could not find that luxury home, naturally they're going to buy whatever their money can afford and whatever they feel comfortable with, which is going to be a step down. Well, imagine if everybody took that step down and they bought in the lower bracket next to them. Uh, The people at the bottom of the totem pole are going to be the ones who are the most marginalized when it comes to this. And so, um, you know, there's a competition for housing right now. Um, and that's national. And that's, again, that's the supply and demand, right? The demand is really high, but the supply, uh, developers are not building homes at a rate that catches up with the supply. So that has us really in a chokehold right now. Um, and, um, you know, always follow HUD. Um, HUD always just puts out information like on interest rates and just a lot of good information around just home knowledge um, and home buying opportunities uh, for just anybody out there who want to know this information. Would you say that's the reason that this housing market is in such a flux when you're saying that folks say they want uh, a certain home, but like LaShawn mentioned moments ago, they're not qualifying for said home or they can't qualify except for a, a home that 
is worth a certain amount? Um, so I think like, you know, this idea of supply and demand. Um, if you say you qualified, like LaShawn said, for a $350,000 home and you did not find, you could not find a home in that price range for $350,000 that you like, but you found a home that was $200,000 and it's decent and it'll do for now, right? And you say, well, I don't want to rent anymore and I want to get into a house and you purchase that home. Um, you now taking the supply from someone who may be in a different, a lower tax bracket, right? Um, and because now you've stepped down, um, you've in a sense taking that opportunity for somebody who was in that lower tax bracket, right? And this is happening at every single area of AMI skill. So AMI goes from 100 to really 120%, over 120%, sometimes 200%. Um, of the area medium income. And so if everybody is buying outside of their area medium income, that creates a dilemma for those people who are at the bottom, right? And that's the people who are at the bottom um, are those are deemed from zero to 30% of the area medium income. Most people within that tax bracket depend on some type of uh, assistant uh, housing, so Section 8 or some kind of subsidy program or some kind of voucher program. Um, and so that's who's going to be most impacted and affected by that. But then again, everybody's going to be impacted by it because everybody's just it's a fight for what's available. Really, that's what it is. It's a dog fight for what's what's available. It is, but I would also think that people are afraid to go beyond what they feel like they're able to uh, pay for. Yeah. Because you really don't know what could happen. You could yeah. lose your job and now your house is in foreclosure. So mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a lot of fear around it in general. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to go back to the credit score thing. So let's say two people are purchasing a home together. Should the person who has the higher credit score be the person to like, should they give their information to the uh, lender is basically what, what I'm trying to ask to have a better result of like what, kind of help they could get because their credit score is better than the other person the more income the more house you can buy so, so if you can use the both of you that would give you more options because okay. pretty much that's that's one of the things like with the houses now is before like the three bedrooms two baths when you qualify for two 220 um before all this COVID, you know you could find a nice three bedroom two baths you know that are no problem but now those three bedroom, two baths that was at 220 are now like that 270, that 290. So it, it it's just a matter of, you know, what you qualify for. And any even when it comes to getting pre-approved through a lender, that's a conversation that should be had. Um, okay, because I let everybody know it doesn't matter where they say you qualify from, where you qualify at. What matters is where you want your monthly payments and where you're going to be comfortable at. And so wherever he say your monthly payment at, then that's where you choose. So even if they say, even if he say you qualify for 400 mm -hmm. and he say, okay, if you want your monthly payments here, you need to be looking for a house at 250, you stay at 250. You're not, you, that's the first discussion, you know, where you want your monthly payments. And then they'll let you know if you can, you know, if you qualify for that amount and don't go past that amount. And that's so you can be comfortable. 
because things gonna happen. Because a lot of people need to understand when you buying a house, you're no longer have nobody to call when the plumbing go bad or the roof leak or that all that is on you. Yeah. Like period. Like so, you can't do the check to check and all that no more. You know, you gotta have a whole nother account, a housing account, <laughs> on the side. Even though you have the home warranty, things happen. Is there a certain percentage that you should put down for the house to lower that monthly payment? Honestly, what a lot of people that's doing that with lenders is just like with a car, they said it's not going to make a big difference in your payment. Mm -hmm. So what I advise people, instead of putting more money down, why not put that money in a separate account, just like I said, Mm -hmm. so that when things happen with the house, it's like, boom, okay, let's go do this. Let's do that. You see what I'm saying? Like you have it for emergency cases. Because that is important for folks to know that you should always put money aside for certain things instead of having all your money essentially in, in one area and you're trying to use it for everything because when everything you have one account for everything what happens is oh i got it i'm gonna just keep pulling from this and all of a sudden you don't have enough for what you need it for so right. like Sean just mentioned moments ago that is a good practice that a lot of folks should adopt in order for them to essentially be successful in their home buying or home owning journey i should say because what you don't want to happen is you don't have said funds and then downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. On your biggest investment, because you never know when you may need to use that equity and may need to sell that house, but because you didn't keep up with it, now mm-hmm. you done lost money and you're not even going to get as much as you would have got if you would have kept up with it. Mm-hmm. Just exactly. saying. It happens exactly. all the time. Oh, all the time. So, hey. <laughs> um. I, well, this is one random, but not so random. So like I said, I'm in Atlanta and there's been this um, this new trend where people are buying homes from homeowners who don't actually own the home. And so they end up living in a place that they think is theirs. And then all of a sudden police come and they have to get out. Mm-hmm. How can one avoid being scammed by somebody who claims that they own a house and they really don't. How can they avoid that when it seems so legit, I guess? Majority of people that do that do not have physical contact with the person. Mm-hmm. That's for one. Everything that we do is physical contact. Your lender, you should be able to go to everybody face-to-face, ID, like they want licenses, they everything. So like that's pretty much what it is. People getting so comfortable with technology I want to do everything just sitting at home and they just making it easy for scammers at the same time, you know, cause I actually had a listing that was listed and the next thing I know it went on Craigslist and um, they like um, said that the door was open and, you know, to send them the money and they, the whole little story about, you know, I can't reach you because I'm in so-and-so, but yeah. you know, I really trust you and just send the money here. And it's just, a, if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. It's yeah. just plain and simple. So, um, you know, we've been, yeah. that has been going on for a long time. So, I, I didn't mean, know that was a thing until I, like, oh man, yeah. That's why, like, that, that, I understand technology makes things easy for us, but come on now, we can't be lazy <laughs> with it. Yeah. We get up, look at IDs, you know, mm-hmm. all that. A lot of people are losing money off that big time relocating here and being scammed like that, losing all they had. So, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say too, as well, like 
if you're buying a house, that's something that you're going to want to do in person anyway, right? You not going to have those major transactions happen over a computer or over or mm-hmm. just send this to this address in the mail or send this money order to this address in the mail and then we'll send such and such. Um, like LaShawn said, if it feels too good to be true, it it probably is too good to be true, especially mm-hmm. when you're in the home buying process. Mm-hmm. I think like renting, I could see that happening a little easier for like rental yeah. units, but like purchasing a house, I, that's just something that I would want to be in person, have that experience anyway. So I think kind of sticking with those guns on it, making sure you have attorneys involved, which they have to be involved anyway. Um, right. so like that. Make sure they're legit too. Don't don't call yourself getting an attorney that someone told you is oh so oh, so good. Go yeah. down there for yourself. Get on the phones and please, I remind everyone every time, please read what you are signing. Yeah. Folks right. do not read and are quick to sign. And then what happens is if you didn't think it was what you thought it was, now you ready to argue with everybody that was involved with the process, even though you were given the papers to read and you signed it, now there's an issue. No. Yeah. Please read what you signed. <laughs> My goodness. And nine times out of ten, when when you qualify through one loan officer, your mortgage broker, you're you can get qualified through another. And that's the other thing that people don't understand. Like a lot of people think once they get qualified, like they're stuck with that person. No, you're not. You're not stuck with them. Even if they start your loan, I switch people over in the middle of the loan when the loan officer is not doing what they're supposed to do. And the loan still gets closed. So that's why they give people 14 days to shop. Like sometimes you read 24 a little bit more. Don't go by that because they it's like a system they use, a scoring system they use. And majority of them use the same scoring system, but some of them don't. And that's when you have that little extra ones and it start hitting your report as more inquiries. But they give you 14 days to shop for a loan officer for that reason. So you can see what different programs are available for you and who works for you, too. If you ain't filling them, you ain't got to work with them. Like, it's no. Like, it's the same thing with agents, too. If you ain't filling them, you ain't got to work for them. I don't care what document you sign. Like, it's it's it's. It's in the it's in the documents. <laughs> you is, can fire your people if they're not doing right. Is there a certain like salary goal that one should reach before they even start looking? Because they may no. not mm-hmm. that yeah, it's that's that's speak to the loan officer. Because like I said, it's a case by case basis. Everybody bills are different, everybody is differently. So that's why that's the other thing. Like when people stop talking to other people about them buying houses that's another thing because people talk other people out of buying a house mm-hmm. because they can't or whatever reason but like i always tell people when they come to me i'm like keep it to yourself on closing day if you want to let's post it on social media on closing yeah. day but before then keep it to yourself because you think mm-hmm. that everybody means the best for you but you'd be surprised and i i hear it all the time and it's usually the people that's closest to them like so just just go out there and do your thing but don't go announce it to everybody because then they're going to tell you their horror stories and a lot of time they don't even be telling the truth i done heard plenty stuff about how much some so-and-so paid for a house and go look it up and what (laughs) so that's that's the other thing like people need to go ahead and focus on that goal and make it a goal for themselves you know or their immediate family husband and wife or whatever but don't go tell everybody because that's where a lot of that fear coming from too. Looking at the news media, they're not talking mm-hmm. like each community is different. Charleston, mm-hmm. 
Dorchester, everything different. Like my daughter just bought a house in Columbia. And that's the other thing, location. You pay more for where you want to stay at. Because yeah. she just bought a brand new house just last week, three bedrooms, two baths, like almost 2,000 square feet. They gave 15,000 in incentives. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, and yeah, hers is a VA loan, so she doesn't put no money down. But they gave so much money back where, you know, um, be real, end up paying off a car payment because she has some extra money. You know, but people don't understand that all that is going on. But again, it's depending on where you want to stay at. Florence, Orangeburg, it's a lot of new communities that's going up with some beautiful, affordable houses. But you want to stay in Charleston, you got to pay for Charleston. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you got to pay for it. You know, is the richest place yeah. in the state. Yeah, all them islands. Every place <laughs> they provide <laughs> that other places don't provide. So location, location, location. So how badly do you want a house? That's true. Yeah. yeah I don't know moving to Atlanta or was moving to Atlanta. I don't know what the case is now. I haven't looked at any statistics on that, but I know a lot of people kind of say you get a more bang for your buck allegedly in Atlanta. Uh, I, I mean, I think a lot of people who I've met that bought houses here, they typically buy it if it's in Atlanta on the south side or on the outskirts of right. Atlanta. Not necessarily like in the city. Mm -hmm. Like right. I would love to live in Sandy Springs in a house, but realistically speaking, <laughs> I don't think I have Sandy Springs money right now. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, well, that's, that's important. Part. Yeah. That's a good part. Now, I was going to say that's a good part to, to know, like, that location area. But I also say this, you know, like, I'm a huge advocate for uh, redevelopment. So, um, if you ever have an opportunity to get a property that may not look the best right now, um, and if you can get that property and I'll, and, and to prelude that if you ever are in like a community that may not be the best, but you see new development going up, guess what? Other new development is soon to come with that. Um, and so that's a great opportunity to get a house at a very low cost, put money into it and accrue tons of equity really quick and be on the earlier part of that flip side. Right. Um, so like, you know, I, I think this was something that was going on on social media one time. Like it was a question, would you buy a house like in a not so good neighborhood? Absolutely. Because I'm going to get it at a, a low price. I can put money into it. And as that neighborhood changes, guess what? The price of my house is going to increase. You're building equity. So like, I always say like, of course you don't want to go nowhere, like where it's just terrible, but if you see development happening, yeah. then you know what's to come. So like, I always say follow that trend. Some people want a brand new house, but some people like fixer-uppers. So depending on where you are on that spectrum, you know, like don't be afraid of those opportunities because wherever, because the need is so great right now, you know, if we think about to give context to where we are, the Shakur area and, and you know, some of Dorchester Road, those areas are changing and changing quickly right because the need is so great so i always tell people be open to that um and just watch what's happening around because wherever development happens change is soon to follow i will also say too like a, a lot of the problems that i noticed uh, a lot of folks i've spoken to is that uh, that had the uh, problem that folks have is is that we don't create like say for instance a five or ten year plan uh, ideally of what we would want uh, in the future to come. We always think there's a lot of folks that think in the now per se, 
So like Craig mentioned moments ago that just triggered in my mind, it's like what a lot of folks don't realize, you could possibly find property that's, say for instance, cheap or a home that is a fixer upper, and all of a sudden, in these grand plans that are somewhere that most cities have, uh, there's gonna be a school that's gonna be built somewhere near that said so fixer upper, that's gonna probably be one of the, possibly a pristine school, and all of a sudden the value of that home shoots through the roof. There's a, there's a lot of different like you know variables that comes into play that comes with certain research that needs to be done for certain areas that you do wanna buy that home. Cause I know we did mention like say said area may be an alleged bad area now, who's to say that's gonna be a bad area in the next four to five years, two to three years. Nowadays, it can take less than a year. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. so it's just a lot of things that a lot of folks gotta take in, you know, into consideration when you are looking for your homes. Um, I didn't know, LaShawn, if you wanted to chime in on that a little bit, some things that, you know, you may have seen you know, during your stint with dealing with folks who may be like with during the home buying process with stuff that has happened along the lines like that. I don't know if you've experienced or seen anything like that. No, actually, I see people taking better care of the subdivisions in the areas now more than anything. It seemed like recently people are kind of like value are valuing um, being a homeowner a lot more. Um, and I think like literally, I think COVID kind of brought it out because the tension was out there so much where it just, it brought a lot of tension to it. So I think that had something to do with it too. Like, yeah, first it was boredom, people around there fixing their houses, going to Lowe's. <laughs> they just got to spend money somewhere. So <laughs> then, you know, it's just like a little cycle happened, but I don't know. I just, every, everything happens in its own timing. And just like as we going through it now and things get better, some more years later, something else major is going to happen that we never experienced. It's just a cycle and it's just something that we just need to learn from, you know, everybody, you know, and it's just like everybody coming together and teaching and, and, and like the other thing, like I kind of discussed with people, like a lot of us could be homeowners if we also tap into those other resources of having that extra income and learning how, you know, financial literacy, you know, there's a whole lot of other ways to make money than just going out there working ourselves to death. You see what I'm saying? But if we come together and just teach each other that, because that's how a lot of people are important to become homeowners. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Like, learn about bankruptcy. A lot of people think when they file bankruptcy, oh, I can't buy a home in, in seven years. No, two years. Two years of good yeah. credit, boom, you buy the house again. You see what I'm yeah. saying? But, you know, we done been told all that, or we got to have everything off our credit before we buy a house. We've been told a lot of stuff, and it still continues on. Where, you know, it's like until we get out there and educate people, then we can start doing differently. But I think the younger generation is catching on to it a lot. Yeah. Quicker. And they're doing a lot of teaching, if you really want to know. <laughs> willing to learn. That's, that's the biggest thing. You know, a lot yes. of folks are stuck in their ways. Like, I know, I know. Mm -hmm. You can't say you know everything all the time. You have to be open. Right, to right. Change monthly, sometimes yearly. Yeah, law you may have known may have been completely eradicated the next exactly. year. Exactly. So much more, but you wouldn't yep. know because I know, I know. <laughs> yep, yep, that's how it is. I'm like, oh. Not only that, but I think that uh, we're starting to see certain things happen to like our elders where they're being kicked out of their homes that they've had mm -hmm. for decades mm -hmm. because they don't own it. Yeah. And so seeing that is like, ah, I can't. That oh, can't yeah, and we're losing the family home. Like my grand, my granny's house is the house that everybody grew up in. Mm. That house got torn down, and my elementary school was rebuilt on that property. 
And wow. so now that's just gone. Yeah. So I think wow. that happening so often, that's pushing us to say, nope, I need this to be mine so that yeah. no one can come in and tell me what I can and can't do. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. I think, yeah. and I think too, Justin. Like going back to your point, um, like a one one place that you can always find. Hey, where is the next happening thing? Um, is all cities do comprehensive plans, and typically these plans map out five to ten years of what they want the city to look like in the future, right? Um, and so. Uh, resources are out there these this is public information right but uh, it is yeah this is on this is on city websites yeah you can go to go to goose creek go to atlanta go to sandy springs type in comprehensive plan and these are things that are on city on like county and city websites but they map out where the development is going to happen so when you you know look at it and be like man that changed so quick. Like you said, Justin, no, it ain't quick. It's been mapped out, but now mm -hmm. it's just happening. Now it's just kind of turning over. But um, yeah, public information, man. You know, but again, until we we just don't know. You only know mm -hmm. what you know, you know. Exactly. But um, you know, just all free game really is free game. Well, then the other part is with the public information is also for the public and our people to start showing up for those meetings too yeah. when they be holding the meetings because if we're not showing up and not saying nothing and they all these zoning laws and all this all these changes they make and not making to certain neighborhoods is because we're not showing up mm -hmm. and yes. well and not to cut you off LaShawn but like like you said showing up and and when community members show up guess what they listen to them too mm -hmm. you know so when you see community some communities Man, they getting all the new schools, or they getting all this and that. It's because yep. these people are going they to city up. council meetings. They're you. We elect these people into office, and we have to hold them accountable. And when these people get elected into office, and at the local level, that's where a lot of change happens. You have, you are pretty much their boss, right? And so, if they want to get reelected, guess what? We need new schools in our communities. What you gonna do about it? Because if you ain't gonna do nothing about it, we are gonna put somebody in place who will kind of help better our community. So, LaShawn, that's a great point. Like, mm -hmm. it's free game. It's free knowledge, you know. it, And it may take an hour out of your week, but go to the city council meeting. And and, and now most uh, municipalities hold that online. So you can sit at home and just watch it on YouTube. And even if you don't catch it live, you can go back and rewatch it. But, you know, like, I think, like, as the younger generation – you know, becomes more knowledgeable, uh, knowing that there is access out there to this information and like how what city council does affects home ownership. Like those mm -hmm. intersect each other, you know, and so it's tough to just think about that without thinking about, OK, I'm going to be living here. Well, who's my city council person? How have they been doing the last couple of years? What's going on? I might need some speed bumps in my neighborhood, you know, like. All those things help drive the value of your home up. So it's super important when thinking about home ownership to be connected to as well. I asked LaShawn as well as Craig, uh, what are some additional tips that you would add to give to folks that are potential home buyers as well as home owners, first time home owners? 
Um, home buyers, um, I just say, especially during this market, during this process, like if you're thinking about becoming a homeowner now, like get started now. Um, don't wait. Don't because even with the interest rates, when the interest rates do go down, the housing prices are going to go up. Your payments not going to be that much like those. Then you don't even have the option to adjust your rate. You see what I'm saying? So even now, if you buy a house now, you can always adjust your rate, you know, give it a year or two, making some payments and go apply for a lower rate once the rates drop. But right now, if you wait, you're going to be paying more. I just tell people that all the time. Right now, you can get closing calls. You can negotiate. You can get repairs done. You can get a lot of stuff done that you could not get done when this market changes. So just give you heads up with that. And the sellers, if you're thinking about selling your home and you're hesitating, why not? Like you have so many buyers right now that are looking for homes right now. you got the houses that are sitting on the market. Don't pay that no attention because a lot of time that's because they're overpriced plain and simple. They should have been priced right the first time. But if you're priced right, your house is going to be off the market. So just something to think about. But holla if you need me. <laughs> and um, and and so I think for me, you know, like Gashawn does an awesome job and she's skilled so much in like the area of being a realtor and purchasing a home and or selling a home. Um, and I think, you know, I the work that I've been doing has really been looking to um, identify ways to build more affordable housing. Right. And we talk about affordability. Um, you know, if you're fresh out of college and you're making thirty five thousand dollars a year, you may not qualify for a three, four hundred thousand dollar home. You may only qualify realistically for one hundred and twenty five hundred and thirty, forty thousand dollar home. But if those homes aren't out there, it's going to be tough to get into a home and then you're going to have to rent, you know, and it's like I could be spending fourteen hundred dollars in rent. I could be spending that in a mortgage. So a lot of the line of work that I've been in now is just um, looking at ways to remove the barriers and roadblocks for developers to build those affordable housing. Right. And the number one thing with building affordable housing is funding, because if you're building an affordable home, that means at some point you're not making the potential that you can on that home. Right. So how can governments get into a way that they can incentivize or they can provide some additional funding to developers to say, hey, if I give you a million dollars, I need you to build 20 or 30 affordable homes for first time home buyers. Um, and so, yeah, so I've been really advocating for that um in our area and in our community um i'm gonna put a plug in but if you are in the charleston metro region um the regional housing coalition is a coalition that we advocate for attainable and affordable housing regardless of neighborhood or individual characteristics and so we are just looking to make sure that it's equitable right that you know everybody has an opportunity to be a homeowner to build generational wealth, to build equity, um, because to be honest, which is not, it's, it's not an equitable game right now. Um, and so if you are here locally, contact me, reach out to me. Um, and if you're not here locally, still reach out, you know, it's pretty sure there's a lot of information we could share. Um, but yeah, so when we, and I need us, I need, I need us young, motivated, um, consistent people to join in because our voices matter. Um, and when we connect as a unit, you know, we can make a larger impact. So, um, yeah, I appreciate that. 
Most certainly, and we appreciate y'all for coming, of course. Uh, Daisha, any comments? No, I, I learned a lot. I'm going to try to remember to tag those websites that y'all brought up in the comments, or not the comment section, the description box below. Um, the lesson I learned tonight was agency. Know that you have agency for yourself to advocate for yourself, but also do your own research. Because switch whatever you feel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that part. That's a good point. A lot of people be miserable. I'm like, you don't gotta be, but I can't tell them yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you, LaShawn and Craig, for joining us. I have been Daisha D. And I've been Jason. And join us every other Friday at noon. And always remember to like, comment, and subscribe.